I would advise to lean towards taking something if it makes you excited. Hey everyone, and welcome to Sports Arty Snippets. I'm Liz Waluka, a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you a sports dietitian guest that will share advice, insight, and rewards of the profession. Snippets of their own career path to becoming a sports RD. Hey everyone, welcome back to Sports RD Snippets. Hope everyone's doing well. I can't believe it's already October. September flew by so fast. And I hope everyone's just like living life, loving life, living large. I don't know what anyone's doing. But I don't know. I hope everyone's doing well. Um, I'm super excited for this episode today. I did record it in August, which like, I don't, it's not like I feel like I need to tell you guys, but that's not really like me. I just, I started a new job and I usually like to release episodes within like, two, three weeks that I record them. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to, what I really am into sustainability. Like I like to do things and I like it to be consistent. Maybe consistency is better than sustainability. Um, So it's like, you know what? This is my pace. If anyone's figured it out, it's one episode a month around that. You might get a bonus episode somewhere sometime soon. But um, after this episode, everything else will, you know, be recorded in real time. It doesn't really matter. I just feel like I need to tell you guys for some reason. But I'm super excited for this episode today. Emily has such great experience. She has had so many mentors and she just has a really unique path that's like super motivating and inspiring for anyone that, I don't know, like it's just, she definitely is like a go-getter and it's just really inspiring. So I hope you feel the same way. But yeah, I'm super excited for this episode today. Emily Cayley is in her seventh year as a sports dietitian and finished up her first season with the Washington Nationals as their minor league baseball performance nutrition coordinator and the Nationals' first full-time dietitian within the organization. Emily joined the Nationals after two seasons with the New York Mets as their minor league baseball performance nutrition coordinator and organization's first full-time dietitian from 2019 to 2020. In 2021, Emily was invited to assess the next generation of baseball talent at the inaugural MLB Draft Combine, where she completed ISAC skinfold measurements on all draft players. From 2017 to 2018, she served as Madison Square Garden's first assistance performance dietitian, working with the Knicks, Rangers, Liberty, Westchester Knicks, and Hartford Wolfpack. She worked as an assistant performance dietitian within the Chicago Cubs organization in 2017, and worked for the United States Olympic Committee swimming and track and field teams as a sports nutrition consultant leading up to Rio in 2016. Emily graduated from Simmons College in Boston in 2013, where she played lacrosse. In 2017, she received her Master's of Sports Nutrition from the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, and went on to culinary school at Culinary Tech Center in Manhattan, where she obtained her certificate in commercial cooking and catering. She was also a bit of a huge travel bug and likes to explore different cities and countries as much as possible. You'll find Emily in Brooklyn, New York with her family and a cute baby nephew during the off season. Let's jump in and let's meet Emily. Hi, Emily. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Liz. How are you doing? I'm good. What's going on in your world? What are you up to? Yeah, so we are in... August and we're getting to the end of our minor league season Um, and the season's kind of ending for all of our teams at different times so like our Florida league is ending here soon our affiliates are ending in September and then we're kind of ramping up for instructs to start the beginning of September Um, so lots of moving parts but it is towards the end of the season. So sorry if my brain stops working at some point. I know that you've had a day too. Yeah, no, I feel like I didn't realize, right. Cause it's the end of baseball season. What's instruct. Is that just like. So training? Yep. yep. Instructional is when we bring in our guys who could use a little bit more work. Some of our top prospects um, just to get more eyes on them, give them a little bit more one-on-one with our coaches, with our performance staff. It's a really fun opportunity to pretty much see our talent all in the same oh. place after the season. 
work with them a little bit more and then send them on their merry way to off season to enjoy their time off. So, so you're in West Palm now, but do you travel throughout the year? I know we're kind of getting a little ahead, but like, where are you? Like, will you go somewhere else for instruct? Yeah. So like last week or like a couple of days ago, I was, uh, I was finishing up some work in the DR. So I was with our DR oh. Academy. Okay. And, and then, um, so now I'm in West Palm, which is where our Florida um, Coast League is, and also our rehab athletes and um, some of our other athletes that come in and out. Um, so kind of getting um, some initial assessments done with our Florida Coast League, watching them play, helping them finish out their season. And then a lot of the rest of the time of the month, I'm with the affiliates. So like, for example, I leave for my last round of trips to the affiliates. So um, our AAA is in Rochester, New York. Our AA is in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Our high is oh our God. high A is in Wilmington, <laughs> Delaware, and our low A is in Fredericksburg, Virginia. So I'm constantly seeing everybody doing little check-ins either at home or on the road when they're on the road. Um, so uh, I definitely have some Marriott points built up. <laughs> if, oh my God, that is so interesting. I feel like you live in a different world than I do. Like it's just so interesting because I feel like. I know I spoke to Allison Maurer and she's with the Pittsburgh Pirates, but I don't think I know yeah. much about minor. I spoke with Becky Trombley as well, but I feel like, cause you're most with minor league. Is that all minor league? Yep. Okay. All cool. minor league. So I'm the performance nutrition coordinator for the Washington nationals minor league. So that's AAA to our Dominican Academy. Yep. Amazing. Well, I'm sure everyone's going to learn from you on this episode, including I myself. So. so I'm super excited. Yeah. Um, but I like to start these episodes off with how we know each other. I think, Emily, I think we have like the best story. <laughs> Do you think we have the best story? I I love our story. I love our story. You want me to tell it or you want to tell it? I don't know. Um, well, I think my memory is I met you. Well, I first heard of you when um, I was going for the Madison Square Garden assistant position with Erica Whitman um, and heard that this girl might have gotten it. And she ended up turning it down and her name was Liz Waluka and she turned it down to be the director of UConn and they ended up circling back around to me and saying, do you want the position? So I was like, this Liz girl, like, thank gosh that she turned this down because it seriously started a really great path for me. But then I remember meeting you after, I don't remember which presentation you did at CPSCA um, or like what the title was, but I was like, there she is. She's being a boss up there. And that's the girl that turned down the position that I got. And I need to shake her hand. And I found mm -hmm. you and we went to a dinner and you were at like the head of the table. And I was like, she's such a boss. And then I sat down and we had dinner with that whole group and it was so fun. And I probably thanked you like 10 times. Oh my God. That is such a great version. Cause I have like a little bit different, but like same concept. Yeah. yeah. Um, I met you so what's it's not funny but like you know how like if you're in the power five like everyone goes out to dinner with like their conferences so yes. like UConn I mean they were in the American at the time of like 2019 and like there was only like three full-time dietitians now the conference probably is like 12 but there, we didn't have like a dinner so like we were in um cocktail hour and it was like the room was like um like everyone was like clearing out and I I don't even remember, but I just like ran. Did we run into each other or something? I probably approached you like, oh my God. But it was just in, and Emily said to me like, thank you for not taking this job. Yeah. because It changed my life. And I just like, it's just so interesting because I feel like all of my life, like we're always thanking, like, thank you for helping me or thank you for, to somebody else. But I've never heard it like the way that you said that to me. And yeah. it's just such an amazing reminder that everyone's decisions impact in such a positive way someone else and with all these jobs opening and everyone leaving to going to a new spot I don't know it just kind of gives me chills because we're really all like each other's like champions in a way but I've just never like I won't ever forget that because it just it was funny that you were thanking me but like you know I'm always thanking the other person too because it's like thank god someone didn't take that and you know gave me the opportunity as well so yeah and I'll thank you to this day so thank you Liz thank you too <laughs> episode over no I'm just kidding <laughs> um well before we jump in can you take us to your career path up until this point where you started and where you are today of course so I was born and raised in Maine 
Um, I was raised by a mother who was and still is a practicing licensed dietitian and a father who has type one diabetes. So I was kind of all my life surrounded by like therapeutic nutrition and also was able to witness my mother being the breadwinner of our family. And my dad was like a stay at home dad. And um, with me and my twin sister and my older sister, and we like camped and fished and swam and we had a very active childhood. Um, I loved being my dad's sous chef in the kitchen, loved experimenting with foods, um, cooking and feeding my friends while we were growing up. I always played sports, soccer and lacrosse in high school and earned my black belt at age 15. Um, and I, with my mother being a dietitian, I knew what that was. And I, I knew I wanted to be a dietitian when I was applying to undergrad. So I was able to look for good nutrition and dietetic programs. Um, so I want to get out of Maine and Simmons College in Boston was the perfect spot for me. Um, I played the cross there. I was always working like three jobs, full-time student and absolutely loved all my nutrition courses and my professors. Uh, 2013, I applied for the dietetic internship, didn't get it my first round. Um, and then I worked for a family friend and made some good money. I was super curious how I was even going to survive the year of dietetic internship if I had landed it the first time without this money. Um, and that's when I actually met Mitzi Dulon. She was doing some work with us um, through one of our uh, one of our partners. And that was amazing to meet Mitzi, Mitzi Dulon, who had a big fat ring from the Kansas City Royals on. Um, she was awesome. Um, and then 2014, I applied for the DI again, landed it with Morrison Chartwells. Um, so I moved out to Charlotte, North Carolina, completed my DI, experienced a new location, survived the DI. Um, and at that time, my dad had mentioned randomly how cool it would be if I could be a dietitian, like in the Olympics. And at that time, I was like, okay, dad, like... I didn't even know where sport dietitians were. And um, then I found out that there were, in fact, many dietitians within um, the Olympic um, realm. And then a good friend actually forwarded me a post through CPSCA, which I wasn't a part of then, um, to volunteer with Team USA Swimming under the direction of Alicia Kindig in Charlotte, North Carolina, which where which is where I was finishing up my DI and I had planned to stay there to study for the RD exam. Um, so I applied, followed up with Alicia and ended up helping her that summer while I was studying for the RD exam and really got to work with such a cool pool of athletes like Brian Lochte and Cullen Jones and, you know, these meddling athletes, it just rocked my world. And, um, Alicia and I talked about what would be like next for me. And this is where she like a hundred percent outlined this amazing path for me to becoming like a sports, like an actual sports dietitian. And in 2015, um, I took Alicia's advice and I went out to Colorado Springs. <clears throat> um, I worked towards my master's in sport nutrition at the university of Colorado, Colorado Springs while assisting Alicia leading up to the Rio Olympics, um, wor wow. uh, worked with her at the Olympic Training Center, yep. And watching Alicia work was exactly what I needed as a green, super young sport dietitian. Um, she's amazing. I, I picked up some great talking points from her, um, observed how much fun she had with her athletes while she educated them. And also how like assertive she could be with her uppers and like making decisions about the nutrition department. Um, and she also had a really great view of the Colorado Springs mountain scene in her office. It was a really great place to be. Um, and then in 2017, towards the end of my master's program, a position posted on CPSDA. I should be like the billboard of CPSDA and like how much success you can have from the job list board. Um, so there was a, a posting to be a dietitian with the Cubs and I applied and was quickly connected with Jenny Westerkamp and I didn't know anything about baseball, but I knew I wanted to jump into sport 
specifically pro sport. And I ended up landing the position, moved out to South Bend, Indiana, worked with the South Bend Cubs, was their dietitian. And let me tell you, like, that was one of the best summers of my life. And if you get the chance to work with like baseball athletes specifically, you know how entertaining these guys are. Um, so like while I was able to like teach them all about nutrition and how to properly fuel their bodies, they were teaching me about baseball and how much fun we could have that summer. And it was awesome. Like I was literally in the locker room with them. Like my little nutrition space was in the locker room. Like to the right of me was Dylan Cease and he's having like an amazing season and career right now. So like, that's my memories of them in the locker room, just grinding it out, having such a good time. Um, so yeah, it was great working under the direction of Jenny and Don, Don Jackson. Um, they had such a great vision, um, and gave their team of dietitians, which there were five of us on the minor league, plenty of room to be creative and make executive decisions on a daily basis. Um, but this was a seasonal position and towards the end of the season, I wanted to move closer to family, um, and my sister's in New York. And luckily, CPSDA, perfect timing, posted a position to be Erica Whitman's first assistant to work with Madison Square Garden teams, the, the New York Knicks, the Rangers, the Liberty at the time, Hartford Wolfpack, nice. and, uh, yeah, and Westchester Knicks. Um, thankfully, Liz didn't get it. And I just like, love like knowing that we both were in that same like window in 2017. Like I just remember that summer looking for a job and like I was like... You know, every, I mean, most people know I'm from Boston, but like, same for me, it was like, that was, you know, you weren't seeing roles like that. So it was no. like, it was temporary, but I was like, this is a gig. So it's just yeah. funny that like, we both were like, oh, this is it. Or like, this could be it. We you probably, know? yeah, we probably envisioned the same little life that we could have had in New York and working for Erica. Yeah, it, it is really funny. And when I heard that you turned it down um, or they emailed me once saying that like, they're going to go into a different direction. And I was like, okay. And then they emailed me again and said, wait, oh. hold on, we want you. And I was like, oh, I got to meet this Liz girl. Cause oh, I love those stories though. That's a good one. Yeah. So, um, ended up getting the position. I was so excited to work with Erica, finished up the season with the Cubs a week later, drove to New York, started with Erica for the basketball, um, and hockey season, working with a number of different sports was closer to home. And I, I also knew it was going to be a year long position with no option to resign, but I took the opportunity anyway. Um, and I'm so glad I did. Erica Whitman is, is one of the smartest dietitians I've ever worked with. You can actually like when you're in the office with her and talking about stuff, like see her brain, like pumping, like she stays on top of her research um, uh, and she, she knows exactly what she wants to do and how she wants to come off with the nutrition department. And I really want to give her the best of me. Cause I knew that this was the first time that she was able to delegate nutrition tasks mm -hmm. to a dietitian. She was working with all five teams by herself. Um, so I wanted to basically do the best I could. She's a super approachable dietitian, and I was able to learn a ton about juggling different teams and vendors and culinary teams all at the same time. Um, so summer of 2018, my time with, um, with them was coming to an end. And unfortunately there wasn't really anything on the lift serve that was tickling my fancy. And maybe I needed a break for a second too. So I decided to jump into my dream of um, going to culinary school. So I attended Culinary Tech Center in Manhattan and received my culinary certificate in commercial cooking and catering. Um, and that was an amazing experience. I made a lot of connections with chef, chefs. I learned what it was like to work in the back of the house. I completed my culinary externship with Jean Georges restaurant, the Mercer Kitchen in Manhattan. Yum, that was really tasty. <laughs> um, and then beginning of 2019, my culinary experience is coming to an end, and I received a call from um, Jenny Westerkamp, who knew I wanted to get back into baseball, knew I wanted to stay on the East Coast, and she mentioned that the New York Mets were looking for a dietitian. 
Um, so I was connected with the Mets minor league performance director. He was coming from the UK. He was new to the org, but he quickly realized that the nutrition piece was missing and he fought for it. Um, and we chatted about what this position could look like, what I could bring to the table and how this whole thing could be started. Um, and that's when I was introduced to Maureen Stockland who made me super excited about um, being a part of the org. She was at the major league at the time um, and we started the program. Uh, so that was really the first time I had a direct supervisor who wasn't a dietitian, And I was super curious, like how that would go. And he ended up being like exactly what I needed and exactly what the newly created nutrition department needed to have the success that it did. He pushed for what I needed. He approved the projects and proposals that I put together. He got me a seat at all the important meetings, set up nutrition presentations and nutrition consultations with the players. And I felt extremely supported and ready to give the Mets all I had. Um, crazy thing is that this was actually an intern role that I agreed to with the Mets, but three months into, three months into the position, the Phillies actually had interest in bringing me on as their full-time performance nutrition coordinator. And I ended up getting that offer, but the Mets turned around and said, um, basically like, what do you need to stay with us? Like, we want you to stay with us. And at that time, I, I told them I wanted a full-time position. I wanted the coordinator role and I need my pay to be increased. And they basically said, yes, we'll do that. So all of that happened and I became coordinator. My pay immediately increased um, and I was able to get them off the ground as far as like nutrition goes. Um, so used a little bit of leverage there, which was the first time I've ever done that. Very scary, very scary. Um, and then unfortunately my supervisor left the org and that was really hard, but he set me up um, really well that like well enough that I felt confident in my work and my role and my goals for the nutrition department at that time. And then off season 2019, I was able to triple the size of our minor league staff. And by triple, I mean, I added two more. So there's three of us. I um, hired an associate and a nutrition professional in the DR did some major planning that off season organizing of the nutrition department and was super ready to get back for my second season. I knew the guys, we had good rapport. We knew what we were doing, where we were going. And then I had a change in supervisor, which negatively impacted the nutrition department mm -hmm. and myself as a dietitian and as a female. That being said, then spring training 2020 hit and that's COVID March. Um, and everybody switched gears. We took care of the guys at home. They didn't have a minor league season. Um, I focused a lot on nutrition education and individualized nutrition plans for the guys. Um, and then end of 2020 season, the new owner for the Mets came in and ended up not re-signing any of the dietitians contract. And that's when I became a free agent. Um, and then fast forward a year, uh, 2030. Sorry, to that. Like, wow, where are we? <laughs> yeah, 2030. Geez, December <laughs> December 30th, 2021. <laughs> I received a call from the Washington Nationals farm director, who, and I'll never forget this day. And I actually have the voicemail saved in my phone. Oh, I love that. Yes, love who that. was looking to bring on their first full time dietitian within the org to help build their minor league nutrition program. And that's what I'm doing today, building another program. That is amazing. Yeah. How do you do it, Emily? I mean, like, what, what would your advice be to just like somebody, like, I feel like it's really hard to probably take those like one year positions, but you, you did that like a few times, like, and, and like, I mean, you just have so much experience. What's your advice for anyone that's like, oh, I don't know if I should take that because it's only a year. Like, what did you gain out of that? Because it sounds like, a ton of experience. Yeah, I would definitely say that me jumping around isn't probably the best for everybody, but I love an experience. I love learning from dietitians. Um, unfortunately, those positions weren't 
more than a year um, minus the Mets. But fortunately for me, I now have all this experience and it has worked to my benefit. Um, I think also during our time, there are a lot of these like short-term positions, which might not be a thing for much longer. Like there's way more full-time positions now. Right. Um, So I think I'm definitely not like the poster child of what you should do, but I do love a good experience and I love a good build and I love like putting my name on programs. I don't know how that started or why, um, but it's just kind of how it is. And I now kind of just got me here. Now that all being said, I do want to stay with an organization for a long time. And I do want to know what that feels like. Um, so I'm hoping, you know, this is, this is it for me. Um, I say that, but who, who knows? Um, but yeah, I would say if someone's really curious about whether they can survive a part-time position, just know that it could turn into something great. Um, maybe you realize that that's not the place you want to be. That's something great that you figured out. Or maybe that position turns into a full-time role. That's great. Um, you can be there for a long time and build something great. So I would advise to lean towards taking something if it makes you excited. I love that. And yeah, I think you're right. It probably was like more with the times of like 2017, 2018. Like we think we understand this, but like, you know, let's try it out for a year. We don't want to commit. Um, but I just respect you because I don't know if I could do that. Like just, and I feel like you just have probably learned so much, but like, I don't think, I think people think, oh, it's going to be like the cookie cutter situation. Like I'm going to do a fellowship and then I'll get a full-time job and stay there like forever. And it's like, you can be to your own drum and that's your own happiness. And like, like, I love that you're just like, you know what? I, you know, whatever didn't work out. So I went to chef school and took a year off. Like, I don't think people maybe it's a personality thing. Like you either like can do that or it would like scare you, but like, that's amazing. Like, I don't know if I could do it. So just kudos to you. Thanks. Yeah. And all the valuable lessons I learned and valuable talking points and handouts and creativity points, everything that I've learned from each dietitian I've been under is amazing. So I was almost like obsessed with learning from these dietitians and taking on what they were teaching me. So I can't tell you who I'd be without being under Erica or being under Dawn and Jenny or being under Alicia um, and all the other dietitians that I've worked with. So um, I'm super proud of also I've survived <laughs> all those experiences. Amazing. So from the Cubs to the Mets to the Nationals, what did you learn about yourself just during like the transition? Like, is it so different, like not fueling wise, but just the organizational structure maybe across each team or like, did you kind of learn more obviously as you know, the years went on? Yeah. A little bit of all that, what you said um, and all the experiences were so different and I was such a different person at each stage. So for example, the Cubs, that was really the first time that I got to make, you know, executive decisions with my own little team on a daily. Um, and that really taught me, that I really loved working with individuals that didn't know much about nutrition or had never worked with a dietitian before and bringing them to a place where they started sounding like me and saying the sayings that I always say every day. Um, so that taught me that I really do like developing athletes. Um, I also realized that I like working a non-traditional schedule, being outside, chewing bubble gum, um, I, I just loved it. Um, so that was the Cubs. Yeah. Um, and then the Mets, um, I, I learned that I'm capable of building a successful nutrition program. It's definitely different today, but um, it's, it's still growing. I think they now have just about a dietitian per affiliate and some really great stuff going on. So that program has come a long way. Um, I really enjoyed figuring out with the Mets, when I first came in, being their first full-time dietitian, like where the nutrition gaps were. And I really enjoyed, I got the chance to stand, standardize nutrition support across what was then eight teams. So 
figured out what could work and make it the same across the whole entire minor league was wow. really, really, really challenging. Um, but that feeling of accomplishment with putting out fire after fire after fire after fire when it comes to initiating like new policies and procedures around nutrition, that kind of high that you get from doing those things and making a good decision, like I almost got obsessed with. Um, and I unfortunately also experienced some really debilitating experiences and I'm happy to help anybody who's going through a challenging um, time. And when I was under good supervision, I learned the power that you can have by not only impressing the athletes that you work with, with the work that you're doing for them, but also showing enhancements and objective improvements to upper management or front office, right? Because sometimes you're like, oh, the athletes are bought in, they're bought in. But if the front office or upper management doesn't really understand what you're doing or doesn't really know what you're doing, then it might get a little lost. Um, it's fun getting the athletes locked in, but if you have the athletes locked in and upper management, you're unstoppable. So when I was with the Mets, I was able to complete a performance nutrition education and behavior questionnaire analysis um, where the nutrition department proved that through nutrition education, we were able to increase the player's nutrition knowledge scores and lifestyle choices around nutrition. It was a ton of work, um, but extremely rewarding work. Um, so that's kind of like the Mets summed up. And then the Nationals, where I am today, big smile on my face. Um, I have extremely supportive supervisor and extremely supportive upper management who make me feel super safe at the workplace and make me feel totally capable of doing my job. And as a result, I'm producing my best work yet. I love it. it makes yeah. me so happy. Yeah, it's a good point though about like the athletes being bought in versus like the the upper or just like the organization as a whole. And like, I don't know if I've ever like not said this out loud, but like that easy lunch handout like is just as applicable to like a staff member. You know, like obviously maybe they don't need as much whatever, but like yeah, like everything everyone sees is for everybody in a sense. Yeah, and I think like coming up into this profession, and I still have a ton to learn. And I still have a lot to, you know, to, to overcome, but as a young dietitian, you just get it. You just are excited to, to kind of wow the, the players and the athletes and get them locked in. But you get to a point where you learn that, yes, you're going to get the players locked in, but it's also just important to get the upper management's locked in and excited about nutrition. So once you kind of get this ease about getting the players locked in, you kind of move to the uppers and have different conversations with them. The players, it's really fun and it's really layman's terms and it's making sure that it's applicable and easy for them to understand. And then the uppers, totally different conversation, a little bit more assertive. And that's what gets me excited now is... Um, you know, switching gears from talking to a player and then talking to, you know, your, yeah, it's a skill set. It's, it is. Yeah. Which no one teaches you. So yeah, you really know. And it comes down to the organization too, and how supportive they are and how willing they are to sit down with you and have a conversation and look at your proposal. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a fun balance when you get to that point of talking to your players in a way that they can understand and your boss. <laughs> For sure what what is a free agent like I almost looked it up before I spoke to you but I feel like I was like let me just actually get the real definition like what's a free agent and like what's your advice for anyone that is interested in baseball like do you want to go for minor do you need to start in major I'm sorry do you want to go for major start in minor what's like I'm sure everyone has a different dream but what what's your advice to anyone maybe looking for a job in uh, baseball yeah well I I started saying this phrase um, when I was in between gigs as basically a better way to say unemployed or in between gigs. Um, and people, I mean, they just took to it. So I kept saying it. 
And just like an athlete who's kind of like shopping around for- Oh my God, that's why you said it. Cause I was like, I think this is what she means, but like, I don't know if that's what like MLB- No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like pretty like- Anybody can use, yeah. So I just started, well, I mean, we deal with a lot of free agencies or guys are in their free agent, like whatever. But like for me, I was also in between gigs shopping for a new organization. So like I started saying- free agent from the very beginning um to anybody I was interviewing with or people that were asking me what I was doing and I was like oh I'm a free agent and it got some giggles so I was like okay I'll keep saying that sounds way better than unemployed um yeah I love that's exactly what it is (laughs) it's just uh yeah so anyone could use that if they had like a gap that they're just feeling like odd about just say like yeah I'm a free agent like took a break like oh yeah hey Emily what are you doing like what are you like what like what I'm a free agent looking to da 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 Oh, that's oh. so funny. I yeah. literally thought it was like a term for like sports dietitians in baseball. No, no. Um, but it definitely could be. It's a little bit more light than saying unemployed. Oh, but yeah, that's funny. I, I did have to say that quite a bit. But yeah. Um, but at the time, yeah, free agent. I probably talked to like 95% of the professional teams up and down the East Coast. Um, interviewed for a lot of them, had some really cool geeky chats with a lot of them, got really close to getting positions and just so happens nothing took for a bit. So I was a free agent, still shopping around. Um, But during my free agency, I had time that I don't think a lot of, (laughs) that now you know what it is, that I, I had a lot of free time. And I don't think, you know, a lot of practitioners get time um or they 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 should well it was really helpful to me and I think I needed it so I really had time to pretty much reflect on every experience that I had what matters to me and I really realized that a good supervisor for me makes or breaks a opportunity um and that I really enjoy uh, working with baseball players like I really missed it and I was trying to get back into it really hard um and I was also invited to the first ever MLB combine. Yep. In Raleigh, North Carolina under, under the direction of Tim Maxey. So this kind of like got me back into baseball for a short amount of time. I was doing skinfold measurements, ISAC skinfold measurements on the guys. I was around the draft guys. I was around other baseball practitioners, really excited um, to be back into that world for a second. I traveled all over. I traveled to like eight different countries during my free agency, um, spent a lot of time with family, listened to every one of your Sport RD snippet episodes, which kept me really excited and happy to hear what everybody was doing. Really, truly, it was really nice. Um, so yeah, that was my free agency. So what's your advice to somebody that's getting close to a job and it just not you know it's just they're almost there and it's really fun I mean it sounds like you just kind of own your own story and like you took such great advantage of the time that you had but what's your advice to someone that's just like almost there but it it just it's just not clicking yet yeah it's crazy because for the amount of like little positions that I got and opportunities that I landed some pretty easily it totally equaled out during my free agency. I got denied, 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 denied to the point where I was like, what is going on? And then I just slowly started figuring out, whoa, that really wasn't like the position for me or whoa, this next one seems way more like me. Um, So I would say for someone who, you know, gets really close and then doesn't get it a hundred percent meant to be. Just know, no matter how badly you want it, no matter how hard you envisioned yourself living that city or working for that organization or company, that was not meant to be. And just believe that um, the best thing is coming yet. And that's exactly what happened to me. I can't even imagine any of the positions that I was denied for or didn't take um, because I'm really in the perfect spot for me right now. So makes me so happy I mean I I like forget what it's like to I mean I know what it was like back in 2017 when three months looking for a job felt like an eternity like a life sentence I felt like I learned 
like every opportunity I went out for helped me get the job that I wanted to because I got kept getting these interview like different interview questions and it just led up to like UConn was literally my last job interview before I you know took the job but like probably like nine I don't remember maybe like four in person nine phone calls but like you don't know what it's like until you go through your first one so every interview you get is an opportunity if it doesn't work out like you said there's just like there's like the castle at the end I promise interviewing is an art it's an art I'm like super passionate about it it's It's like a strategy it's a strategy oh god (laughs) interviewing poor kids if anyone needs advice just reach out to us yeah a hundred percent well what's your what's your everyday like can you explain like your day-to-day building a program at the nationals like you're in West Palm right now but like what's a I don't know if a year is too vague but just like take us through like a day-to-day or all the things you're managing yeah um so first off there's when you're building a program and when you're really the first on the ground dietitian on a day-to-day basis there's and everybody can probably relate there's a lot of educating the difference between like dare I say it a nutritionist and a dietitian right so it's a lot of just explaining and educating whoever you're around let it be the grounds crew the the uppers the 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 culinary staff the players anybody who will listen you will explain what a dietitian does why we're here how to make a good referral it's a lot of educating um and I have it pretty much down to a science now. Um, and I don't, uh, I used to react not so great when someone said nutritionist and now I'm like, Ooh, I can teach you. Um, so it's pretty fun now. Um, there's the SWOT analysis. There's the CPSDA elevate toolkit. All these resources have helped me a ton with pretty much finding the gaps in where an organization is, but a hundred percent, it all comes down to what the organization is ready for. Cause you can come in and they can have some good stuff going and you might not need to touch some areas for a little bit, but you could come in and there could be nothing. Um, so you have to figure out what they're ready for. And the hardest part isn't finding the gaps. It's, um, because there's so many, they're pretty easy to find. It's how you go about filling them. And so that's getting approval on proposals, getting better budgets or building a budget, um, buy-in from the right people and doing it in a way that's all for the enhancement of the player's performance and the org as a whole. Um, What will be the most intriguing? What will be the biggest buy-in? What will make people start talking about nutrition. And I also think it's incredibly important to have when you're building a program, and this is what I do every day, um, to have at least one project in the works at all times under all the different nutrition realms. So the clinical realm. Uh, So for example, I got Um, you know, approval for three new nutrition markers to be on the blood work for our guys. Um, The education realm, um, I'm testing the athletes' nutrition knowledge and educating them based off the scores that they got. Um, The supplement realm, I was able to clean up the supplement lineup a bit. The food service realm, we always have plenty to do there. And the staffing realm, so proposing a more enhanced staffing structure. So, if you come in, so basically by working on all these different projects in all these different realms, it's really helped my supervisor and my uppers, my coworkers and the players to not just put me in one, not put me and our nutrition department just in one realm. Because if you come in and you're all clinical or you're all food service or you're all one thing they're going to keep going to you for that so if you constantly have different projects in the different realms they will learn oh i'm going to go to emily to talk about vitamin d oh i'm going to go to emily to talk about this supplement that's not nsf certified um it it's again an art to do those things um 
And it can be tough to have a ton of things juggling around, but until an organization truly understands what you do and what to fight for, you kind of have to push in all the different directions all at the same time. Where did you learn that? Just like the way you just said that was like beautiful. Like I never thought of it as like, like I've always known, like I'd rather do four or five things really well than like have my, you know, be spread through 12 things that I do poorly. So it's just funny. You said it almost like in a different way, but how did you get all those like modules of like, you know, food service, clinical? I kind of put this together. Um, well, first off, I've seen some things in organizations done really well, and I've seen some things done not so well, and I've kind of pieced it together. So I knew pretty much going into the Mets, that's when I knew, cause that's when I was really going to be on my own. That's when I was really going to start a program. That's when I knew I don't want to come off as the smoothie maker. I don't want to come off as just the one-on-one sit down consultations with a guy. I don't want to come off as someone who can't take on um, talking about supplements. So I was like, I'm going to put my projects together for my, what was my first supervisor, my amazing supervisor who pretty much started everything for me there. I'm going to send him my thoughts on all these different realms. And he was super into it and he, uh, he approved it. And I think that also helped him understand what I was capable of and what a dietitian actually is capable of. So once he saw those different realms and the projects that we can complete in each realm, he started throwing everything my way. Oh, Emily, you say you could do this. Like, here's my five guys that we're going to work on body composition. Oh, you said that you can look at um, blood work. Can we check out this? Hey, can you look at these supplements right now? And I don't know what would have happened if I just walked in and said, let's do this. Like, give me your stuff. He might've, I don't know what he would have done, but I was super organized in the beginning and that's where I saw it worked. So now since that worked until anybody tells me differently or it doesn't work, I'll always do it like this. I'll always make sure that my energy and time is separated appropriately in all these different realms. So I can always talk on not just pregame and postgame meal. (laughs) Yeah. And a hundred percent, it comes from my my support here like if my support said nope we don't want you doing the education piece we don't want you doing the supplement and you're just going to do this that'd be another story but since i've been supported so well and been told get us off the ground i'm doing it and they're really receptive to it so i'm really excited for them and proud of the organization that i'm with which yeah I'm super happy. <laughs> I actually think it's a good point because I think we've all had like coaches or strength coaches that like, you know, maybe in your mind, like I'm a big education person. So I really want to do the education first. And then I would do. Body I've seen pop. your Instagram posts. They're amazing. <laughs> Thank amazing. You. Um, but I think like I'm a education person first and then we'll do body comp, but like that strength coach could want body comp first. Yes. Like doing body comp first could be your way to get into the education. Like you just have to yes. play like the game a little bit, but it's just funny. Like I like those different avenues because maybe they get to know you more by making sure their athletes are sending supplements to you. And then you bridge the gap towards the other area that you actually know will be more effective. Well, yeah. And like you just said, as you, and as we grow in this profession and get more comfortable with what we're doing, you're able to say, I hear what you want. And that's a great idea but we should probably get this information from them first, or we could probably do this. And then hopefully that strength coach or that practitioner says, yeah, that totally makes sense. Let's do it like that. But way back when you might've just said, yeah, okay, let's do it. And then you're kind of caught into a pigeonhole. So it's super funny. It, Cause I don't think I could genuinely, when I like, don't actually agree with something, there's no way I can genuinely be like, that is such a great idea. Let's <laughs> try. But like, that's so smart. I should try that. Actually. You should say that you can, you can, you can do it in a more genuine way, you but it's train yourself to take a second and a breath and go, that sounds like a great idea. And Da, 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 whatever you want and you're still going to get it done you're still going to get whatever that practitioner whatever the multidisciplinary yeah. team wants but hopefully they listen to you because you don't, are the yeah don't shut them down don't shut them down yeah. just like hopefully you wouldn't shut them down when they come to you and and say whatever they need to say so it's yeah. a it's a practice Good um, idea. What are your thoughts on doing this education before we do the body comp? Look oh, at you, Liz. That sounds great. You're going to be unstoppable. Hey, look at you. Let me show you all of my models. Yeah. <laughs> I love it.
How do you optimize your body and maximize your mind to get the most out of every day? You need the right fuel and you need Momentus. Momentus offers high quality lab tested next generation sports and human performance products. One of their best selling products is Momentus Omega-3. Omega-3 is a daily fish oil supplement designed to optimize intake and most important omega-3 fatty acids, EPA and DHA. Their fish oil also contains a minimum of 90% triglyceride-bound omega-3s, the form of omega-3s found naturally in fish and most easily absorbed by the body. The digestive enzyme lipase is also added to further improve bioavailability. Go to livemomentous.com and order omega-3s and use the code RDSnippets20 to get 20% off their products. That's rdsnippets two zero. Thank you so much, Momentus, for sponsoring this episode. Well, we're on to the, I don't know if this is a Q&A, but I did ask the audience on Sports RD Snippets because I kind of feel like you've had a ton of experience. When did you become a dietitian? 20... 2015. Okay. And I was 2016. So I feel like we've had similar, what, like you've been a dietitian for seven years? I think I've been a dietitian for six that's crazy anyways so like we're at a point in our career where we can say we've had experience if it was like can we we definitely had oh I've had experience let me tell you I've yes we've had experience okay we've had more than (laughs) we've had experience yes no 100% everyone always can have experience but you know what we've had experience in the sense that we've been through struggle and have seen the light. I think there's some people who have have experiences where they're in the struggle and maybe they haven't seen the light. Mm. And that's the veterans that, I don't know, maybe they're just on the beach chilling out. Like they know how to do it for the situation. Good for them. You live in large. I don't know what it's like. Yeah. um, Experience is a beautiful thing. Mm. (laughs) Just, uh, just hearing you talk about like the change in supervisor. I mean, I just, I almost feel so grateful for the difficult times that I've had because it, it just, there's just something so like raw about appreciating when maybe it's more like normal, but, or like, it shouldn't be so appreciated because it should be like normal, but I just like appreciate a lot of things because I've, I've seen, I've been in situations where it's been really tough and like, I don't know, it's not a walk in the park, but it just makes you appreciate things. I think you hit the nail on the head. So if you're struggling on the nail, anyways, so on to to the Q and a part where we asked, I wrote on Instagram for, um, sports dietitians, veteran and experienced members to, I saw that to write, you know, what does experience mean to you? Because I don't, I just thought like, it's kind of vague. It can mean something different. So I'm going to read what the responses were. Ooh, fun. (laughs) So first RD anonymous said, what does experience mean to you? This person said being confident in what you don't know. Mm. So what is that saying? Like, don't know things with confidence or am I reading? Like when you, when someone asks you, this is what I take it as. When someone asks you something. Sorry, I'm dying. I don't know. Good idea. Let's look it up. That's so like, good idea. No, you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Are you practicing what you just learned? Good job, Liz. There go. Um. So what I, what I take that as would be when someone approaches you and they ask you a question about nutrition or whatnot, you can have the confidence by saying, "Huh, that's a really good question. I'm not sure. Let me get back to you on that, or let's look it up together." Instead of always thinking that you need to know the answer, or always thinking that that person needs to know that answer immediately, they don't. They just want to go to you as the expert to know what's going on. If you say, I'll get back to you. I think that's a really strong, confident, experienced person. I love that. I don't know yeah. why that takes time for some reason. Like, oh my I God. Think cause I think because you're scared that you, I think you're scared. I think at one point, like I was scared to, to not have the answer, but I think it's such a beautiful thing to be saying, let me get back to you. And I'll follow up with some more information on that too. You know, and then it forces you to learn something new. So it's actually you just have you just have to remember to get back to that player or that staff member because oh, hell yeah. you could lose them real quick if you're always like, oh, let me get back to you. Never. 
Yeah. And don't send an answer that you're not sure. And like, just to send an answer, cause that will bite you in the butt. Yeah. Maybe. Not unfortunately, but like, or maybe you say, Hey, I'm no sleep expert. Let me send you to a good resource. <laughs> yeah. Let me send you to mattress firm. <laughs> yeah. I just said that today. Someone asked me about sleep and I was like, I'm no sleep expert. I can tell you some nutritional things yeah. that help it. All right. The next person said, <laughs> "With what, ex- what does experience mean to you? This person said, as valuable as education. Mm. Okay. So how do we dissect that? As ed- experience is as valuable, experience is as valuable as education. Maybe that some people don't necessarily need to, let's say, have their master's in sport nutrition but if they have a master's in business but they have a ton of sport nutrition experience that that experience and opportunities is just as valuable as having and you know ms behind your name or something like like that that. i'm kind of looking at it as you gain more experience as you gain more education like through college through your master's through your dietetic internship totally um, you know, you're an RD and then you're gaining um, more experience with athletes and then you gain your CSSD. And so yes. it maybe experience and education is um, a tag team. Yeah. I don't know if that was the right word. But... <laughs> the next person said, which was actually from a sports nutrition account. This I don't know if this was an actual person. I mean, a person wrote it, but. <laughs> <laughs> is our robots talking to you now? This person said experience can look different for everyone every situation good or bad is an opportunity to learn and grow a hundred percent all experience is good experience mm-hmm. mic drop mm. the last person said hard work and learning over time yep yep all right think we, um, anything else on this topic that's we only got four responses <laughs> Um, I can tell you what experience it means to me. Oh, I meant to ask you that anyways. <laughs> myself as I was waiting my turn patiently. <laughs> You're like, Liz, I prepared for this. Come on. Um, what does experience mean to you? Well, thanks, Liz. Um, I would say those responses are all so great. And I do think everybody has a different definition. But I would say... I can tell someone has had good experiences or experiencing or experiences at all by how they handle themselves and how they handle tough situations. Cause I've met practitioners with 10 plus years who didn't handle themselves well. And I've met practitioners and dietitians who have had less than five years mm-hmm. and handle themselves extremely well. And I think I really have found that those practitioners who have like encountered many diverse experiences and have bettered themselves through those experiences in result seem to handle themselves in situations much better so I love that all right what about any like really good advice that you didn't expect in your career that just um of nowhere and was incredibly helpful yes a lot but one that sticks out to my mind and I don't think it's an arty snippet episode without mentioning Rob Skinner so when I was working at the Olympic Training Center under Alicia um Rob was with the combat sports across the way in the office um so I got to know Rob and he got to know me and um, we chatted and he told me, and I use this advice to this day, and now I really do understand what it means. And he said, basically, like in your workplace, one third of people are going to like what you're doing. One third of people are going to not like what you're doing. And the last one third of people aren't going to care either way. And as a result, you start you stop spending your time trying to win people over who simply don't want to be won over. And you start focusing on the people who are locked in and invested in what you're trying to do. Um, So thank you, Rob Skinner. I hope you're having happy travels all around the world. Um, And I take this advice with me and I think about it all the time. So, and it's so true. Just stick to your people 
and don't let the people who are trying to get you down or aren't giving you um, the right kind of support, just let them do their thing. Yeah, I agree. It's like once you just stop trying to get everyone to like be bought in, you're more effective and you're also happier. Yeah. And I think we're like, we're most dietitians, not all, like we're very type A. We want to people to feel nurtured by us and we want to feel approachable and with that comes being like liked but once you understand that not everybody is going to be bought in or wants to be won over and there's also people that just don't care either way you're never going to get them and that's fine like it's okay because do you like everybody that you work with do you like every everything that everybody's doing so if you could say no to that then they're probably thinking the same way well, thank you, Rob Skinner. Yeah, 100%. All right, ready for the rapid fire round? Oh my gosh. Okay, here we go. There's a lot of like this, that. Like Okay. Okay, so we're playing this. I kind of have performance anxiety sometimes, so. It's fine, you can take your time. Okay. Liquid IV or drip drop? Drip drop. Yes! Hell yeah. What's your favorite flavor? <laughs> this is not an ad, but I love drip drop so much. What's your favorite flavor? Because I don't have a, fra- a favorite flavor. Um, well, berry was like my original like favorite flavor. Like there was a time I was only ordering berry and watermelon. So I only knew those. And then I recently got some samples. Um, grape is good. Grape is having a comeback. Um, okay. But yeah, I'm a berry girl. Okay. Protein powder in a smoothie or Greek yogurt? Ooh. I'm definitely down for Greek yogurt for sure. Sometimes cottage cheese too. In a smoothie? Or silken tofu. In a smoothie? Hell yeah. Oh, I never went outside that box. Yeah. But Greek yogurt over whey protein. Yeah. Same. Okay. Major league or minor league? Well, I don't know what it's like to be on major league, but major league is the goal. Oh, okay. 100%. What's one crazy fact you know about baseball that like other dietitians or people wouldn't know or like someone I don't I've never worked with like baseball at major minor league. Um, well, I think with baseball, it's for me, I always forget how like famous they are or how many fans they have until they get out of the dugout and people start cheering for them and because I just saw five minutes ago he was picking his nose and he was like (laughs) that's funny actually yeah so it's like I I guess like there's a ton of like little things that happen all throughout the day that I just forget how who we're dealing with um until they hit the field and they're cheering um I'm gonna picture the next guy that comes out he was just picking his nose oh yep yeah they're getting ready they're um yeah they're they're doing all their little routines and then as soon as I'm like oh my gosh he's famous I'm like oh okay yeah all right Milky Way or Snickers Snickers oh love the peanuts what about Midnight Milky Way what is that dark chocolate it's so good. I know it's not as common as Snickers. But I don't I think I've ever had a midnight Milky Way. Your next Halloween, you'll notice. It's in like the silver wrapper, I think. Maybe they're okay. on the silver. It's in a different wrapper. Maybe it's in the a dark wrapper because it's midnight. I'm down to explore a new candy. Yeah. All right, ready for the last question? Yes. If you could tell your younger Artie self one thing, what would you say? I would tell younger Emily to invest in a really good suitcase because you're going to be living out of it. Is that your advice? Yeah. Is that really- Can you tell me more? No, I just want to know a little more. Yeah. I mean, I would say a hundred percent. I didn't know I was going to be jumping from place to place or my work would bring so much travel. Um, so I would tell my younger RD self, like, get ready for this ride because it's going to be intense and it's going to be a lot of your young RD life, but it's really, really fun. It's really, really exhilarating and invest in a really good suitcase because 
you're gonna need it I love it ride of a lifetime with Emily Cayley come on ride with me. <laughs> I love it well Emily thank you so much for your time today it was so fun just like catching up and hearing about your path and just super inspiring so thanks so much for being on today thanks Liz it was a blast thank you for the invite for sure have a great night see you soon Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Sports Artie Snippets. I hope you found our conversation helpful today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Share the podcast or tell another sports RD to be or sports dietitian about it. If you can rate and review the podcast, it really helps the show and is much appreciated. Remember to follow along on Instagram at Sports RD Snippets to see what Sports RD guest is featured each week. I'm super excited to bring on my upcoming guests, so stay tuned. I'm Liz Waluka, and thanks so much for listening.